Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to Sova Gratitude's first episode of 2021. And this happens to be the year anniversary of when Sober Gratitudes was born. It's so hard to believe the year went by, oh gosh, fast, slow sometimes, a lot of the times. <laughs> what a year. But here we are, January 1st, 2021. And I am so grateful that despite all that has happened, that this grateful community continued to expand. And I just could not have done it without you, my listeners, my guests. Honestly, there were times when I doubted myself and I wondered if this mission of mine, sharing the hope in recovery, I wondered if it would reach people and make an impact. And I believe there are no coincidences because every time I felt that way, something would happen to show me that I should keep going on, whether that was a review or somebody calling me up and reflecting on an episode or the comments on Instagram, you know, something would come up and I would think, okay, I just need to keep on moving on. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the feedback and the positive reinforcement. It, it's really, I, I can't be more grateful. I've gotten so much out of hosting this podcast. Truly, I, I didn't start the podcast to get anything from it for myself. Like, I wasn't thinking selfishly. Like, I really, I just wanted to start something that would offer hope to people who are suffering or struggling with sober curiosity or struggling in addiction or anyone who was feeling hopeless in sobriety. I just, I really wanted to do this for all of you. And I know that I have touched some people and that makes me feel really good. But I have to say that I got a lot out of it myself. My sobriety has evolved and I've grown and in ways that I never thought possible. I, and it's because of the connections I made. All my guests and people that that just responded to my podcast and and I got to know on a personal level. I've I feel like I've just created this community, a grateful community, a, a community filled with hope. And it just it makes me feel so good. It's just it's a community of my of my dreams. And so so thank you. Thank you so much. So now at this point, um starting fresh in a new year, and I have so many ideas and thoughts about what the year might bring, but 
I wouldn't be me if I didn't say that I take every day, one day at a time. I just really try to live in the moment. And that's what I did last year. And it's just amazing what has transpired. So today, January 1st, 2021, my first guest is amazing. She's as sweet as can be. She has a heart of gold and she's incredibly authentic. And I love her heart. And the way we connected was, it was very unintentional. It was you know, she left a review on my podcast and I didn't know it was her, but I was so moved by the review. And I think I posted it on Instagram, kind of seeking her out. Like, where, where is this person? Where is she? I just felt a connection to her through her review. And fortunately, a friend of mine who was also a friend of hers saw that I was seeking her out and he told me, I think it might be this young woman. And lo and behold, it was her. And now I have a new friend and I love talking with her. I love learning about her and her life and how she got to sobriety. And I'm really excited that today you're going to get to hear some of her story and how she got a second chance to live a sober life. And she's willing to do whatever it takes. She really is. She is all action. She lives with integrity and vulnerability She's compassionate. She's wise beyond her years. And she's somebody that I feel that I can I can trust. She's a survivor. And she's just amazing. So without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce my new friend, my darling new friend, my sister in sobriety, Kristen. Hi. Oh my gosh. What an introduction. You brought me to tears. <laughs> Hello, my friend. <laughs> it's so good to see you again. We talked, was it two days ago? Yeah. For, it felt, it was almost two hours, I think maybe 90 minutes, but it felt like. It went by so fast. So it fast. Was awesome. yeah, yeah. And we really have a heart connection. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You're an amazing, amazing young woman. And um, (laughs) (laughs) now I'm just thrilled that you're my first episode for the new year. And um, I know you've been eager to share your story and, and we connected the way that we connected. It was like, we, there are no coincidences. It just, I agree. We didn't, we didn't force this connection. It just happened. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really, I'm really glad that you can share your story, especially for the people that are counting days um, yeah. So, um, so what made you stop this, t- this time around? I know you are recently sober again. Yeah. Um, so 
Let's talk about what was different this time. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, this I, I will have four months of sobriety tomorrow, actually, but this is not my first rodeo. Um, I had experienced a year and a half sobriety 12 years ago, and I knew how incredible that that felt. Um, this time, though, I'm doing it completely for me. Um, there's a lot of backstory to why I did it the way I did before, obviously, but alcohol has been, um, it's been the most toxic relationship I've ever been in, in my life that I've continued to tolerate the abuse. And it was just, it got to a point where I knew that I didn't want to go to rehab. I didn't want to die. Um, I could not keep existing in the space in the, the literal personal hell that I was living in, in my addiction. And um, I, I, I had been following recovery pages actually on Instagram for some time. And at the beginning of quarantine, uh, back in March, I had hopped in and out of a few of these Zoom meetings that I'd seen. Um, one of these pages I'd followed, the, the woman started this 12-step um, recovery meeting. And I would jump in and it, it was amazing. You know, I'd had experience with 12-step recovery before in the past, like I mentioned. Um, but then I would drink again, and I would feel all of that shame and all of that guilt. And I was too embarrassed to come back. I let that shame and guilt keep me from coming back, um, coming back home, really, to the place that is my lifeline um, that keeps me sober. And I can't really describe it any short of a miracle how I found myself back in those rooms. Um, because I begged and pleaded and cried to God, my higher power to help me, to, to save me. I knew I couldn't live the way I was anymore. And when I remembered uh, on um, August 31st of 2020, my last, my first, the first day of my new life, um, I woke up that morning and I just, just felt this kind of sense of calm almost internally where I thought, I, I have to go back home. I have to go back. I have to go to a meeting. And I have to do the work because I know that I worked it before and it worked. When I quit working it, I went back out and my life, the, the subsequent years after were just a nightmare. And so I went back to AA and I haven't stopped. That's great. That's great. And congratulations tomorrow. It's four Thank months. You. That's amazing. So what, when you, what was your why? I know like when we, when we think about like why we drank, cause I know I'm thinking about the listeners who are saying, Oh, yeah. I need to know, like, am I alone in how I'm thinking and feeling when I drank? Absolutely. I mean, that was a struggle for a very long time because I just felt so defective for years because logically I knew how poisonous and awful alcohol is and was. And obviously I felt the emotional derailment and the spiritual, you know, slow death internally of my addiction. Um, my why, I, I mean, I think the writing was on the wall for me in some ways. I grew up with an alcoholic father. I think so. I had some predisposition hereditarily there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did experience some trauma in my life that I think compounded on top of that um, some mental health struggles, you know, anxiety and depression and OCD. Um, all of these things that I think just made this perfect storm for me to want to uh, check out, 
to yeah. be drawn to, you know, silencing who I really was. Um, why I got sober is a whole different story, but why, why I think I drank in the first place, I've, it's still a learning process, you know, learning who I am and giving myself grace and being very patient and kind with myself and figuring that out, knowing that I'm not crazy and I'm not defective or broken because I fell into addiction with an addictive substance, you know, mm-hmm. that it's okay, you know, and there's hope. <laughs> There is like you're, you're, you just exude, um, serenity. And that's something Mm -hmm. I know, um, when we're in that active toxic relationship with alcohol, Mm -hmm. for me, I know I felt so much anxiety all the time and, um, I had terrible self-esteem and just feelings of self-loathing. And it just perpetuated the day after day after day mm-hmm. drinking. Um, and I know because we, we talked um, two days ago, we have a lot in common in terms of when we started drinking. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about when you started and the why of, of yeah. that then? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess in hindsight, like I said, my, my um, home life growing up with an alcoholic father um, I was the youngest of three girls and they are nine and seven years older than me. So in many ways, at a certain point in my life, I was kind of like an only child, um, fending for myself and my mother, God lover, a big time control freak. And so from a very early age, I learned that the path of least resistance for me was the best path, um, not to ruffle any feathers and just kind of fly under the radar. I was a total people pleaser. Um, just a really, really good kid. It was really important for me to like be good and do the right thing and just stay the path, you know. Um, as a result, though, I, I was able to kind of just like bend and flex and morph my personality to suit everyone else around me. And I've always been a very highly sensitive person. And I've always been told that my emotions more or less were just kind of an inconvenience. Um, crying a lot, feeling deeply. And it's interesting because it isn't until recently really that I've discovered, I check a lot of the boxes for like, this term gets thrown out a lot, but like um, being an empath and it makes a lot of sense, you know, looking back. Um, But again, as a result, um, I learned how to just kind of stuff myself from a very young age. And I was, like I said, a really good kid and I, you know, went through all the motions and straight A student, all that stuff. Um, very nerdy. I loved my nerdy friends and my safe little core group of peers. And it was just my little bubble that I created for myself. And then I got into high school and, you know, it's a whole bigger fishbowl. And um, I was introduced to just different social circles. And I met one of my best friends who was from a different school and she was more popular and she had an older brother who had popular friends. And all of a sudden, you know, it was the, it was, 1999 I was a sophomore in high school and it was like the era of Britney Spears where I I traded in like my nerdy self for like crop top and self tanner and sparkly lip gloss and just kind of reinvented myself and it was really fun and so um, I got I got drunk for the first time when I was 15 at this friend's house and I remember one of the boys had a big handle of vodka and he asked me if I wanted to chase it or uh, mix it and I had no idea what he was talking about I just said chase it And so he started taking chugs of this bottle of vodka and 
passed it on to me and I did the same. And within just minutes, I just felt that overwhelming rush of warmth, you know, the buzz had taken over my body. And I swear to you for the first time, I just felt free. Like it was, it was just, it was literally intoxicating. And that night was an absolute disaster. (laughs) And I spent most of it with my head in the toilet and, you know, my friends to feed me Wonder Bread to sober me up. But the next day, that same boy called me and he was like, you are so fun. You were so much fun. And I'd never been mm. called fun, you know, and I'd never gotten attention. Like I'd never let myself, you know, I wanted more. That's, it was like an instant hook. Mm. And so I pretty quickly uh, went from being a straight laced good girl to um, partying was my priority and my A's and B's turns and in, turned into C's and D's and F's. Um, my home life became very um, stressful. My parents caught me with cigarettes. You know, I was sneaking out of the house. Um, I got my belly button and my tongue pierced. I was like, still not a bad kid, but just definitely pushing boundaries. And um, they had decided that they were going to send me to a disciplinary camp over the summer called Eagle University, where I would learn to soar with the eagles and not hang with the turkeys was their motto. And um, I would switch my junior year to um, a small religious private school and they were going to get me back on track. And so um, at that point, I really didn't care. And I just kept on, kept on keeping on with my ways. Um, and then uh, on April 20th of 1999, I was a sophomore. Like I said, my mother and I had gotten in a huge fight that morning on the way to school. And I remember I told her I hate you and I slammed the car door and that same day um, ended up being in history one of the worst uh, tragic school shootings um, at my school Columbine where I attended and I was uh, in the cafeteria on my lunch when everything happened um, the trauma, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to be able to escape. And I didn't know that I was running for my life when I was running for my life that day. But um, I was obviously incredibly um, lucky to have survived that. Um, the, the severe trauma that that left on all of us, the community and just, you know, people felt it around the world. Um, Mm -hmm. We were just kids, 15 years old. We didn't know how to handle that. You know, we had to bury our friends. Um, So I can't speak on behalf of everyone, obviously, but my friends and I, we picked up exactly where we left off. We learned how to numb and check out from the pain and the trauma, and we drank (laughs) a lot. We continued to party and um, the community tried to do a really good job in offering therapy and, you know, stuff like that. But um, needless to say, that just was life changing. You know, the trajectory of my, what was going to be my addiction, perhaps anyways, was just really the, the match to the fire, I think, at that point. Yeah. I am so sorry that you experienced that. I know you told me that I was, I was so surprised. Um, I, you know, to be 
speaking with somebody who had been through that. I mean, I, I mean, it is, it is, it's one of the most horrible um, times in history that, you know, it, it, and yeah. you were there, you were there and you were already in a place of, you know, what works to calm your nerves and mm-hmm. numb out and check out. So I can imagine yeah. Um, like trauma is trauma is trauma. And I mean, exactly. that was a significant trauma and, but whatever kind of trauma we endure, um, if we are already using alcohol or drugs as a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. um, I can imagine that this, you kind of put a fuel, uh, yeah. fuel the fire <laughs> and mm-hmm. amplified. And as you said, um, um, would you say that that's accurate that afterwards that you relied on that more so? Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was not, I mean, you saw, I, I was doing it with all of my friends. And so there's this sense of, you know, you're all doing it together and yeah, um, it, it transcends time. It's been 21 years since that happened. Yeah. And what I've referred to as just a group of the the living dead, um, those of us that have never healed from that. I don't know how you ever heal from a uh, significant trauma ever, regardless of what it is. Um, but you certainly can't heal if you never acknowledge it. And if you constantly drown yourself and subsequently the, the accidental and intentional overdoses and suicides that have taken place over the last 21 years of people that I knew, um, it's just, it's, it's devastating, you know? Um, and then I have children of my own and, and that, that was a huge shift for me to become a parent, to be on the other side of things where I, I really kind of started to see things differently in my addiction as well, where it's like that I can't ignore this elephant in my soul anymore, yeah. you know? So that, so you, when you were first sober, um, how, when was that how far, like how, how many years after that was, um, that was in 2008. Okay. So it was quite a while longer in, in between, um, you know, that time graduating high school, I went to, um, cosmetology school instead of college. At one point, my dad said, I want, I'm not paying for you to go to college to do keg stands (laughs) so you can get a trade or you can, um, you know, pay for it yourself. And so I decided on cosmetology school and that was, awesome. Uh, being a hairstylist is, is definitely one of my callings. I love helping people feel special and beautiful and, um, connecting with people on that level is just, it's an incredible, um, opportunity. I feel very lucky, but, um, the hair salon itself and that kind of, um, vibe is, is wild. People salons um, are a bit crazy. Hairstylists like to party. I had no business making that kind of money when I was young. Um, at disposable income to spend on alcohol and all of that stuff. And so I partied for several years until I um, moved to Oregon with my first boyfriend, where we ended up in a double wide trailer in the middle of nowhere um, on 110 acres in this little town where he had grown up. And um, he was reunited with all of his old friends and things, but I was totally alone and lonely. And that's when I learned how to drink uh, alone and isolate and that's when I got real sneaky with my hiding my consumption as well and I was pretty good at it until I got busted by my ex 
and his mother who was in recovery for many years at that point in time, they basically had an intervention with me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I dove in head first with uh, his mother and I went to meetings and I absolutely loved it because it works because I worked it and I was able to get a year of sobriety before I moved back home to Denver because I miss my friends and my family. And it took about six months for me to quit working the program. And, and what does that connected. mean? Sorry to interrupt. Um, so, oh no, that's okay. A 12 step program um, of recovery. AA specifically is what, what I've chosen mm-hmm. because it's worked for me in the past. And I know that, you know, I have a dear friend who's done, he has two years under his belt all on self-will. I know people that, mm-hmm. you know, read the alcohol experiment and that's enough for them. I know that it can be done many different ways, but for me personally, the only way has been to, um, you know, submit myself <laughs> to, you know, a 12 step program. And so, yeah. And so you said that, um, the six months for six months, you quit. You, what did you say? You quit working yeah. the program. So what yeah, does that, what does that lazy. mean? Um, you know, I'd had a sponsor that was back in Oregon and we lost touch and I didn't get a new one. I wasn't being held accountable and I wasn't holding myself accountable. I okay. stopped attending meetings, um, the community and the fellowship that's really important. Yeah. Um, I think obviously wherever you're at in your journey, I mean, that's why I think the Instagram community is so huge and it's so powerful because we all want to know that we're not alone, mm-hmm. you know, and to have people vulnerably share and be transparent about their, their experiences with addiction and their, you know, personal health and to feel like one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten from my recovery program is looking for the similarities, not the differences. Mm-hmm. And that is just so huge for me because it transcends all these relationships in my life and people I meet on a day-to-day basis. When you are willing to dig within yourself and uproot, you know, and dismember this part of yourself when you are in addiction and, and put the work into rebuilding this person and figuring out who you really are and building this life that's beautiful that you deserve, that we all deserve and that we're all able, we can have. Um, it's hard work. It's really, really hard work. But so was addiction, keeping up mm-hmm. with all of the lies and, and the, you know, nothing is worse than that. So as much hard work as it is to get sober and do the work, because I, I have to say, you know, I think I lied to myself for many years that I could just half-ass it, whatever that meant. Um, to fully, fully admit that I was powerless over alcohol Mm -hmm. being the first step was literally the game changer for me. So when I, when I moved back to Denver and I quit working my program and I got lazy and complacent, I fell right back into my addiction. I chose it. I chose a life that brought me nothing but misery for many years. Yeah. I, um, thank you for being so candid about that. Um, I, I know I, I work the same program of recovery as most of my listeners know. Um, we don't promote it. We just share about it and um, mm-hmm. because it works for us. And I do know that um, 
one thing that I've learned over the years is that, you know, anyone, lots of people go out, you know, and they come back, but sometimes people go out and they either die or never come back or go institutionalized or jail, living life Mm -hmm. with unfinished work that need to, that needs to be taken care of. And, you know, when people come back from going out, I have never, ever, I don't know if you can share in this experience, but I have never, ever, ever heard anyone say, I went out, I'm, I'm back. I went out and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. No, no, never, never. It's it's always the opposite. It's like people coming back saying it sucked. It was worse Mm -hmm. because it's a progressive disease. Um, and, um, and so it sounds like that you had that experience where you, Oh yes. uh, It always gets worse. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What does your daily life look like in sobriety? Oh my goodness. Um, I try to attend uh, meetings via now, you know, everything's online and it's amazing. I'm so grateful because if, if this wasn't a possibility, I mean, I can say with certainty, I wouldn't be sober today. Um, I have just met the most incredible group of human beings on this journey of my people. You know, we were, we, they were my people in addiction. I didn't maybe party with them, but like, <laughs> they're still my people. We're just on the other side. And um, that fellowship and community is just, it, it means everything to me. So um, I try to journal in the mornings or find time to do that when I can. I have two little kids and just, you know, life is busy, but um, that's my, my time for me is when I go to my 12-step recovery meeting most nights I try to do, you know, at least five nights out of the week. Um, same time, same place. And it's just um, not feeling selfish about putting myself first. And the shame, there's been enough shame and enough guilt over my past and my drinking and enough pain. I'm not trying to accumulate anymore. It's, it's been an interesting journey because some people don't understand and that's okay. Um, I'm gaining so much confidence in myself to, to be able to, you know, not take it personal either if somebody doesn't understand this journey. Um, but working a program and, and, you know, there's an algorithm to the 12 steps. I mean, it's broken out, broken down very, very methodically and it's, it's just absolutely beautiful. I, I say it's like having, you know, we joke like life doesn't give you a handbook to figure out how to like live a good virtuous life of integrity and, and love yourself and to be healthy and spiritually and mentally and all of these things that we all long for and that we all wish for, especially those of us who are contemplating our alcohol consumption. Like we know something doesn't feel right. We're not content. This is not how we were designed. Right to live and to know that there is literally at our fingertips, these books and these tools that give us the exact way it's laid out Mm -hmm. to find relief and to heal and to overcome this. It is just, oh, it's such a blessing. I feel like I'm not worthy, you know, (laughs) but you are. (laughs) And I'm learning that too. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard one also because I think it takes a while to shake that, that, you know, yeah, I, that makes sense to me. You know, that if we live a long life of drinking and we're in that 
um, repetitive, you know, every day, the hamster wheel getting up to drink. Yeah. And, and then we feel the, the, oh, I won't do it today. I'll stop today. But then you pick up, oh, the shame. Oh, Absolutely. no, I did it again. Oh, I, and then we're, we're, I know I was so used to feeling, you know, that shame the next morning and, and um, you know, yes. physically sick and swearing to God, I would, ne- I, this was yes. it. This, I'm done. I'm done. And then now, you know, we, we have to learn new um, kind of um, reflexes to yeah. life situations that, um, you know, feeling guilty or full of self-pity is, is really more of a selfish action because we're thinking mm-hmm. of ourselves. And, and that's what the program has taught me that as well. Absolutely. And that, um, that um, I know but the, I, I, I have tools that I never had before um, yes. In, in just living life that, that makes life, uh, living life so much easier and gentler and calmer, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, you know, we're human, right? So, Absolutely. so what, can you, what, um, is there anything that you can share that, like, to show your human, that your human side, you know, in sobriety, we know that, you know, Every day isn't perfect, you know. No, not at all. Yeah. So, so what no, do you it's do? Incredibly those... humbling. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What? What? Can you share what? What happens for you? Um. And what do you do on days that are less than perfect? You know, not that every day is perfect, yeah. but like when thing when you're struggling on any given day for any given reason. Oh, I mean, I, I let myself feel my emotions first and foremost, and I do cry a lot, and um. Yeah, life is far from perfect. It, it will never be perfect. And I've never even been so delusional to think that that would be a reality in, in sobriety. But um, I know that I am capable of handling tough things. I've seen myself under a different microscope that has been, like I said, really humbling my, my character defects and in reflection, so many circumstances and things in the past that it's been like, oh, like, I, you know, I wasn't the victim. <laughs> um, but I've also learned a lot about myself and embraced being human and finding beauty in that alone and being vulnerable and transparent and really like, I want to just live an authentic life where I can connect to people who are on the same path. And it's really, really hard work. It's really painful at times. My first month, there were days where I felt like, is it worth it? This is this hurts too much to yeah. uproot all of the past. I have flashbacks that shake me to the core, things I haven't thought about, mm-hmm. you know, in years. I've tried to you know, recollect, oh my gosh, near blackout 17 years ago. Am I remembering that correctly? Oh my God, did that really happen? Like there are, there's so much, there's so much um, pain still, but there's so much that I've also released and that I've let go of. And every single day it does get better. No day is perfect, but every day it gets better. And that keeps me going. There is not one day in sobriety that's, you know, feels like I've taken five steps forward and two steps back. Like it's a continuum, you know, a continued mm-hmm. upward trajectory of like healing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it's amazing. It's, this is life. This is living life. 
truly living it and feeling it and dealing with it and feeling like proud of yourself that you're doing it. And I still can't believe it sometimes, but it's the real deal. I know that this is it. And I'm very, 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 very grateful. And I just wish this for everybody because it is possible because I really was in a space where I didn't think, you know, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I, I didn't. And like, to your point, just everybody's bottom looks different, but mm-hmm. you know, when you are, <laughs> when you're done, <laughs> yeah, when you can't do it anymore. Yep. Yeah. What would you say to the people that are thinking, okay, is this my day one? Should it yeah. be my day? What, what do I do? What should I do? That it seems impossible. How am I going to live with or without alcohol? This is just, you know, it, it's um, it's a, it's a scary, but also kind of uh, relieving place to be at the same time. Absolutely. Lots of feelings going on. What would you say to to somebody who might be in that place mentally and emotionally? Oh. Yeah, because I was there not that long ago. <laughs> um, I think to listen to your your inner voice, to listen to that voice that's even contemplating it is huge. It's huge. And to trust yourself, you don't have to have it all figured out and you're not going to right away. You don't need to. It's okay to understand, though, that you are a miracle to be alive and that there's a lot of reasons why people hurt and a lot of reasons why people find themselves in addiction. It is not because there is anything wrong with you. I, I was hung up on that for a very long time, feeling like there was just something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. And if you have a hundred day ones, keep trying, keep trying. Don't give up because you are worth the fight. Truly as cliche as that sounds, you have to fight for your own life. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And the overwhelming sense of life that is breathed into you when you start to self-advocate and you start to fight for your life, even if you don't like yourself, I still have a hard time looking in the mirror sometimes because those feelings of shame will creep up. And I still feel like, am I really worthy of this? You know, I've struggled for so long. I existed in this space of pain and misery and predictable misery. And I had no one to blame, but myself, I felt like, who am I to feel like I'm worthy of this. And that's a lie. That is the biggest lie. You, we get to decide what kind of a life we live. And knowing that just being alive is the greatest gift any of us could ever be given. It's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. Don't give up because miracles happen all the time. Oh, that's beautiful. That's just beautiful. Kristen, what are you most grateful for today? Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sobriety without a doubt. I'm, I'm grateful for, I, 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 not even second chances. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of chances to get this right. But the one thing that stands above and beyond anything else that made it stick this time 
is admitting that I was powerless over alcohol. Mm-hmm. For me to admit that, to strip myself completely of any ego, you know, of anything else to just say, I can't do this alone and to ask for help. I'm so grateful that there are people who understand on the other side that, you know, were able to lift me up and love me when I didn't love myself. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's, that's the wonderful thing about when we reach out for help and we make connections, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard that connection is the opposite of addiction. And when we connect, we're no longer alone. And that, that loneliness in active addiction is hell. Absolutely. (laughs) It is. (laughs) And, and any listeners out there, you don't have to live this way anymore. You don't have to live in hell anymore. There is a solution. Just reaching out for help. Absolutely. And pe- people want to help yes, anyone yes, who is, huge. you know, mm-hmm. people who have time. People have four months, four years, 40 years, four days. They want to help yeah. the person with one day. They Absolutely. want to say, you know what, because every day is, is a miracle mm-hmm. when we don't pick up and holding on to the gratitudes on every day, like each day. Yeah. Even if we have like the worst day ever, (laughs) but we get to the end of the day and when we put our heads on our pillows, we can say, we didn't pick up today. Yes. That's feeling. It is. We, and we know we'll wake up with no hangover. Yeah. Don't miss that at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> don't miss the 3 a.m. heart palpitations oh, and gosh, sweats yeah. and just the, the, ugh. Yeah. So much fear just goes away yes. when we take alcohol Constantly. out of it. And, and then the next day you're like, I'm never drinking again. And then they're all of a sudden like in a state of disassociation or whatever. I'm, yeah. you know, got the wine in my purse and I'm chugging it on my way home. And yeah. it's like, how am I here again? How am I here again? The insanity. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to live like that. <laughs> yeah. There's places that you can go to learn about addiction and Absolutely. the whys and understand why we don't have that off button you know, I see a lot in, in every January is dry January. Yeah. And, yeah. and, um, and, and today I put a post out that said, um, and I created a hashtag said dry just for today. Oh, uh, that's perfect. Because I, 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 I'm sure you can identify with this, Kristen, um, because we've talked and, and I know you and I feel like we're like soul sisters now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really. Like I adore you, but Me like <laughs> the, the, um, that feeling of, holy shit. Like the first thing I thought of when I, when I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to admit that I'm an alcoholic and I'm going to start yeah. trying to do something about it. The first thing I thought of was, oh no, I'm not going to be able to drink at my son's wedding. <sighs> And you know, know what? My oldest son was eight years old. No, seven years old. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> so at, like recovery is all about just really, really um, not thinking about the elephant, not thinking about, you know, like swallowing the entire elephant all at once. 
Um, and that's the scary part of it, right? Like, is that we think, yeah. oh my gosh, the rest of our lives. Oh my Absolutely. God. Oh my God. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. It's right. All we have to do is get up in the morning, be grateful that we have no hangover mm-hmm. and think about how we can be useful and help somebody else. Maybe list out gratitudes, journal, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and go to a meeting, whatever recovery meeting that works for you and, and get to the end of the day without picking up. And then, then the next day do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's that simple. And, um, yes. and I know a lot of programs work, work around that kind of, um, that philosophy because mm-hmm. it, it is, it can be overwhelming to think even dry January that, I mean, right, right. To think yes. a whole month, ah, a whole month. I know <laughs> it's crazy. Well, obviously we can't, I mean, uh, people who struggle with addiction are not good at moderating. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. And so of course that would transcend into our recovery where, you know, right. you don't have to, it doesn't have to be black and white, like all or nothing. You don't have to figure it all out right now. Literally one day at a time that has been such a saving grace because that's, that's just, it brings so much peace in the moment, even moment to moment in the day to day. Like, what do I have to worry about right now? Right. Just sitting here with you having this conversation, all of my other stuff has just kind of dissipated. It's been mm-hmm. incredible to really be present. Mm-hmm. That's something that I was never, ever in my addiction, ever present I love that you brought that up because that's something I don't even think I knew what that word meant. I was so full of self. Talk to me more about the being present. What does that look like for you? It's, it's so cheap. I feel like a like little kid again, just Mm. soaking in and taking in and appreciating like just the little things like nature outside and just really looking at my children's faces and noticing little freckles and, just the little things that accumulate in your day-to-day that just make it a really great day. The appreciation for having just, and, and being present in the moments that are uncomfortable. And, you know, again, it's not, it's not all good at all, but being able to trust myself, I guess, my reactions to things, I am able to process stuff and really know that you know, I didn't trust myself for years because I couldn't trust myself not to drink again when I said I was going to, you know, I couldn't trust myself in my <laughs> buzzed up state to have interactions with people that were authentic. You know, I would check my phone the next day, like everyone, you know, oh God, what did I say last night? Or oh, yeah. I'd have, you know, it's just, the, just, just existing in this disconnected state all the time. half in, half out, that's not living. And even if some of these nights, it's not like every night that I was drunk or drank, did did I get drunk? But I was never just completely experiencing life in the moment. I was constantly wanting to seek the buzz or, you know, focused on feeling like hungover and like crap and how I would get rid of that feeling. And now I can trust my body. I thought I would have, you know, I think all my headaches are just from getting old because I used to think it was like being hungover all the time, but I still have body aches and headaches when I wake up, you know, (laughs) but I know why I'm not like, Oh gosh, is my liver failing? What's that weird pain? Am I having a heart attack? You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. It's a relief it's not to, yeah. Yeah. It's a relief. And the headaches that we have in sobriety are not, I have for me, they're nothing <laughs> like the headaches. <laughs> oh my gosh. The morning after, you know, I don't miss that at all. Oh, no, and, no. Um, and one thing I know that it's so important to remember is that, you know, we're not bad people because we have alcohol. No, exactly. Because we don't have that off switch. We're not bad people. Um, and, oh. and I think, you know, for people listening, remember that you're not a bad person. Absolutely. There, there, there are people with the disease of alcoholism or alcohol use disorder, um, what have you, whatever you call it. And then there's others like my husband who can like sip yeah, same uh, with uh, beer, uh, <laughs> beer. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> not even finish it. <laughs> right, not even finish it. And I just would look at him cross-eyed like, what? Yeah. How? Yeah. How is that possible? <laughs> right, right. And you know, for years I always was like, oh, can't he just catch up with me? But he never did because he does not have yeah. alcoholism. But but I used to think that was a bad, like I was, and that, a lot of the shame came from that. Like, why can't I Absolutely. figure this out? Why can't I just, but you know what? A lot of, so I willfully, tried to do it on my own so many times because I was so ashamed. I didn't want to tell anyone, but there are so many people out there who get that feeling. And yes. like, like we said before that are sitting here waiting for, for new people to come into yes. our lives who we can say, everything's going to be okay. Absolutely. Let, let, Absolutely. let me lay the tools at your feet and show you how, what worked for me. And how you can have a life that's amazing. Oh. And, and, and really like, and beautiful things happen. Like me meeting you. Like I, I never thought I ever deserved to make a friend like you. I know. Same. It's crazy. <laughs> the lot, just, it just, ugh. it is. It's, um, I never thought it was possible to be quite honest either. I, I attracted for years people who were just as sick also, you know, and my heart breaks in hindsight because I know that um, so many of my failed friendships and relationships were a direct result of that. You attract who you are. Right, right. Um, and you can't see the forest through the trees when you're surrounded by people who are stuck in addiction as well. And um, it, it's funny that you mentioned though, like, re, like the whole recovering out loud idea is just yeah. so awesome yeah. because I, I haven't shared much on my personal account on Instagram, but I did make one post that I had a hundred days of alcohol free and kept it short and sweet. And I had a few people, including one family member, reach out to me and tell me that they were either curious, a little worried about their drinking, or this one specific family member said, I have a hundred days too. I was like, what? Wow. wow. So That's amazing. yeah, I mean, when you're met, I have never, I haven't been met with, with anything less than like empathy and kindness and love and support. I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have known what was waiting on the other side because it's nothing but awesomeness as far as no longer feeling like you're carrying this dirty little secret. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's so true. It's so true. And it's such, it is such a great feeling when you, when you share something honestly on Instagram or in a meeting. And then yeah. you get such incredible feedback of people being, oh, I thought, it, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one that felt this way. 
Totally. Um, I thought, I thought personally, I thought I coined the phrase sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was going to like, I was going to like brand that. I'm like, that's my thing. Like, that's so funny. <laughs> so full of ego. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. Everyone, everyone feels that way pretty much. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, it, you know, I hope this year comes with, um, a lot of recovery and people hearing the hope and recovery and, um, that life, like I, I never, I never, ever, ever thought that I would have a life like I do today. And, oh, and, amazing. and it's beautiful. And like, and now, and, and I never thought I'd ever meet somebody like you and, you know, I'm eight and a half years sober and I've, met you and I'm like, yes, I finally, you know, I finally <laughs> met you, you, like, it's like so amazing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the opportunities are endless. They are, they are. And, and, um, it's, it's beautiful when we're kind and compassionate and non-judgmental. I, I know that Same. I feel a lot better about myself. It, it, oh, 100%. Yeah. And that, and that, and that is something that goes away with, you know, a, a good program of recovery when we learn that. I agree to identify rather than compare, to not judge, to know that we each have our own journey, that we get sober when we're ready. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully before, you know, you get really sick, you know, there's people who get really sick and, and, and die um, yeah. from it. And it's, it's frightening and it's, it's, it's a life and death. Um, it is, it is. Disease, but, but fortunately there is help and there's a lot of people on social media and everywhere who are working hard to end stigmas. Just look for it. Look for it all around social media. People are recovering out loud, like you said, Kristen. Yeah. It's amazing. I think it's awesome. Yeah. We're so lucky to be, you know, alive right now yeah. in many, many ways, as much as it was, much as there's a lot of <laughs> uncertainties and, yeah. you know, goes both sides, but, but to have this, this ability to touch, I mean, we would have never met, I would never meet, you know, it's just, yeah. it's incredible how it connects us. And and that's what sobriety does. Yeah. Sobriety just, it, we have all, we keep like growing and expanding and it's, and the more sober time we get doesn't mean that we're like better than anybody else. Absolutely. It just means that we're, you know, we're opening our hearts to how we can, um, grow and change and heal. I mean, the mm -hmm. healing that occurs, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I can't speak to your personal relationships. Perhaps you can share a little bit about it, but I know I never, ever thought that I would have so many personal relationships heal that I didn't know needed healing. Right. That's when huge. I got sober. Yeah. That's another yes. gift, a huge gift. I, I agree. I agree. And same, I've been met with love and compassion and forgiveness people don't want to hold grudges they don't really people don't want to feel icky and resentment and you know people just want to feel heard and validated and loved and supported and you know we all are just looking for love you know we all just want to feel important and loved and we all have our ways of dealing with pain and hurt and things that keep us from being loving and loved but it's always there it's always like baseline I feel like you know mm -hmm. we can always tap into that every day we can start fresh 
make that your goal. <laughs> yeah. One, just one, one day at a time. Yeah. You know, and you can always restart your day. Always. Oh my gosh. I downloaded those apps so many times and I would get so annoyed. I was like, I'm just going to delete it and try again, maybe like next month. It was, <laughs> but, but you know, I didn't stop trying and that's the thing. You just can't give up on yourself ever. You can't give up on yourself. You have to advocate for yourself. And even if you don't like yourself, you have to know that you're worth the investment because eventually you will like yourself and you will love yourself. Like I'm starting to actually love pieces of myself and give myself, like hug myself and tell myself I'm sorry that I, you know, didn't give you a shot for a very, very, very long time. I'm really sorry, Kristen, that I didn't give you a chance, but I'm doing it now. And you know what? I'm, it's awesome. <laughs> Even when it's not awesome, yeah. it's still better than addiction. <laughs> it sure is. And, and I'm just so glad that you shared a lot of your story with us today and you're going to help Thank a lot of people. Yeah. You're going to help mm -hmm. a lot of people with, with your words and your experiences and your, your inspiration. You're just an incredible, incredible woman. And you can find Kristen at authentically underscore unaltered, which is such yeah, a I'm fitting. here for you. <laughs> Reach out. I'm here for you always. Absolutely. You're not alone. Yeah. Great. Well, happy new year, everyone. And I hope you have the best day of your life because yes, when you absolutely. have a good day, then you're going to have a great day tomorrow. Mm -hmm. yes, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's easy enough. <laughs> so <it>. easy. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kristen. Okay. We'll have a thank great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being here. I'll see you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it.